This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. All right, thanks for staying with us. We're your hosts this morning, Brad Grange, Neen Bitson. We are joined in studio now by Father Kyle Metzger of the Diocese of Fargo. But before we visit with him, we want to invite you to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com, for even more great content. There you can listen to programming from your local area, find a podcast if you missed one of the daily shows, submit a prayer intention for Prayerfully Yours, and see what's happening across the network on our news page. Be sure to check it out, realpresenceradio.com. But now we're in our Straight Talk segment, and our phone number is 877-795-0122. And we would just love it if our phone lines would light up, or Facebook, you can submit your questions. And we have Father Kyle Mesker with us, and and I really, uh, I love it when we have Father Kyle. Mm-hmm. I, I really do. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm not diminishing mm. any other guests we have doing straight talk, but we always have such fruitful conversations. So don't uh, don't hesitate to call and get in on that conversation. Well, that's a heck of an introduction, Janine. Talk about, <laughs> talk about putting the pressure on here to deliver that, now. That's that's the. Uh, Way she's, that I'm hoping she's just trying call. to build. She's trying to build you up, Father, because you're so timid on the microphone. Well, that's what it is. I've never been at a loss for words. Oh. Well, please call eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. There's so many things that we could be talking about that are going on in the world today. Um, it's. Uh, Black History Month, what a great month to be celebrating um, in in our country. Uh, there's a lot of great things that are going mm-hmm. on with the diocese, with vocations, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and with Father Kyle Mesker, the, the vocations director for the Diocese of Fargo. Uh, if you have any questions about vocations, what a great uh, time to call mm-hmm. and ask those. Absolutely. Yeah, so again, that number is 877-795-0122, or you can submit a question on Facebook. Look us up and... and Deposit your question or comment there, and uh, Father Metzger will tackle that. And on this Feast of St. Valentine's Day, if there's any questions that you might have about living out the married vocation. It's another great vocation, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and what that looks like. So there's all kinds of things we can visit about, um, uh, right to anything in Scripture, uh, Catechism of the Church. Uh, Just give us a call. Yep. So, Father Metzger, um, the Diocese of Fargo is taking a very specific focus on vocations and the need to support vocations. I believe the God's Gift Appeal video is really specifically focused on that this year, right? It is, yeah. The God's Gift Appeal um, uh, in the Diocese of Fargo is kind of the annual appeal of the bishop to support all of the the ministries directly out of the bishop's office. So, one of the, the largest... Um, operations out of the bishop is with promoting vocations, but then there's other things, um, promoting the tribunal and assistance with that, Um, youth ministry, catechesis. There's a lot that kind of the whole diocese um, uses to support the ministry of of the whole diocese rather than the individual parish. And so that's the God's gift appeal in our diocese. Every diocese has its own equivalent. It might be uh, named something different, but Mm -hmm. 
um, each year we uh, we put together a video uh, capturing some of these various ministries, and then they play it in the various parishes as a way to kind of foster um, energy behind it and uh, and an appeal for people to donate to that annual appeal. And so this year's vis- video focused on seminary education. It's um, a Quite frankly, it's expensive to mm. educate a priest. Um, all the parents out there will know higher education is not cheap. Mm. And to educate a priest, it takes between six and eight years, kind of depending upon when he enters seminary formation, if that's before or after college. Uh, so that's eight years of higher education, uh, uh, most of them graduate school. Mm-hmm. So it is an exp- uh, an expensive uh, uh, endeavor of the diocese, but of course a very critical one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's wonderful too because there's 18 seminarians in the diocese of Fargo. I'm not are. sure what the numbers are in our listening area. I know Bismarck always tends to have a lot of seminarians as well, and hopefully our listening area those numbers are increasing. You know, throughout, yep, right? Uh, but eighteen in Fargo—that's wonderful. It is. It is, and each um, each diocese uh, uses various seminaries. Uh, sometimes a, se- a diocese might have its own seminary. For example, Fargo used to have Cardinal Minch mm-hmm. uh, before it closed down, but um, not. Uh, most dioceses do not have their own seminary. And so, therefore, a bishop will send his seminarians to different uh, seminaries throughout the country. Rough guess, I would guess maybe 30 or 40 seminaries mm. uh, scattered across the United States. Is that both minor and major seminaries? Exactly. Okay. Yep, yep. Uh, so, college um, and then graduate theology seminaries. I would guess 40. Somebody could Google that. Okay. <laughs> Some listener could Google that. Um, so, here in the Diocese of Fargo, we send all of our college seminarians to St. Gregory the Great down in Lincoln, Nebraska, which, not coincidentally, was Bishop Fulda's former seminary yes. when mm-hmm. he was a priest of Lincoln. He was the rector there. And then we also send uh, seminarians to um, St. Paul Seminary in St. Paul. And in our listening area, most of the diocese is represented by our listeners also send to St. Paul. Mm-hmm. So uh, many of your uh, uh, priests in uh, seminarians in formation likely attend St. Paul as well. And we also send to Mount St. Mary's out in Emmitsburg, Maryland, which is quite a distance away. But um, uh, the bishop started sending there decades back, and we've just uh, always continued with that. Oh, that's wonderful. We just want to remind our listeners to call 877-795-0122 and get in on the conversation with Father Kyle Metzger. He's in studio with us, and we would love to have, we'd love to hear from you. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing I, I think might be interesting to some of our listeners is kind of some historical uh, details of as you mentioned earlier, today's feast day. Yeah, you know, across the uh, across the nation, everybody you know associates February 14th with St. Valentine's Day. But an interesting thing, you know, if you go to mass on today, you don't hear readings about St. Valentine, or you don't hear prayers about St. Valentine. And oftentimes, some people are are kind of confused about that. And instead, it's the memorial of St. Cyril and Methodius. And people are confused. What's going on? I thought this is Valentine's Day. They're not even mentioning him in in the Catholic Mass. And it's an interesting thing that happened at the Second Vatican Council where they restructured the the calendar of saints. Mm. And it used to be that St. Valentine was on February 14th. And then when they shuffled the saints around, um, 
St. Valentine fell off of oh, the calendar. I man. know, which I actually find is is kind of tragic, you know, mm-hmm. because we've got a lot of this kind of even secular energy behind this saint, and then we took him off the calendar. What the bishops who redid the calendar did is they went through all of the saints and they removed the ones that we didn't have a lot of historical mm. data on and a lot of the cult that kind of surrounded them was largely um, kind of legendary. Mm. And uh, we have some data on uh, Valentine, uh, likely a bishop, but we didn't have a lot of it. So they took him off the calendar. And there were many other saints, you know, maybe some of our older listeners remember from before the council, some of these saints that would come up that um, St. Christopher Mm -hmm. is another common one, Mm -hmm. you know, the patron saint of travelers. He fell off the calendar as well because we don't have a lot of data on him. Hmm. But I I think it is unfortunate with Valentine falling off the calendar because people are so familiar with him and I think if we want to reach people there there are these small opportunities you mm-hmm. know tenuous admittedly but small opportunities for to bring people in Yes. Speaking of that, uh, bringing people in, we have um, someone on Facebook, Melody. Uh, she says, yes, Father Metzger was instrumental in bringing me back home to the Catholic Church. Love that guy. <laughs> wow, she, she, she upped me, Father. <laughs> well, Melody, I, I appreciate the compliment, Melody, but hey, you got to throw a question our way here. <laughs> it's, it's okay. Comments are okay. We take yeah, comments, comments, too. Comments are yep, fantastic. And, and thank you, Melody. Uh, you know, yes, uh, we we are a community. We need one another, um, and helping bringing people back home to the Catholic Church. We need to grow in our Catholic faith so that we can speak uh, truth to those who are seeking truth. And uh, we're all on pilgrimage, and we all need each other. And we're definitely grateful for wonderful priests like Father Kyle Metzger. So, thank you for your comment. We appreciate that. Okay, should we con- continue with St. Valentine? Well, we got another comment. We oh, got we another got, acolyte. Oh yeah, Justice says, go. Father Metzger is a great priest. Oh, so. groan. Well, okay, thank you, Justin. I, uh, I, I, uh, well, I that, appreciate that. Well, that is the much appreciated. Yes, yes. Uh, but we do have a, a question here. Lisa asks, uh, she's on Facebook yeah. as well. Uh, what if we. Uh, a young adult that is Catholic decides to get married outside of the Catholic Church uh, in a non-denominational church. Well, let's. The other is non-practicing in any religion. What would they need to do to get it recognized in the Catholic Church? As of now, they intend to raise their kids Catholic. It's fine line to walk, but we want to make sure make them aware of what not getting married Catholic means. It's a very great question, Lisa. Thank you for submitting Mm -hmm. that. And um, one that there are a decent number of people that that fall into that, that people will get married um, outside of the churches, oftentimes how it's it's phrased, means that they do not have a sacramental marriage, you know, in front of a a priest in the church. And it it could be for any number of reasons, Um, uh, uh, perhaps ignorance or perhaps, you know, just loss of interest in the church. and so you, the the person entered in. I guess you could say a natural union. You know that the the the, the partners agreed to you know live by a certain uh, standard of of life and shared community with each other. What we would say though is, and this is going to be the important thing theologically, it is that it's not a sacramental 
union. So it's it's good in and of itself, a natural good, the 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 relationship of Adam and Eve, you might say, but it's not sacramental. And so it's not a means of evoking sanctifying grace. And that is the main thing that we're after. That's what, you know, why we call them sacra- sacraments is to evoke grace. And so if there is a couple that has, you know, kind of this natural union, but maybe they recognize the, the error of their choice, um, what they would want to contact their parish priest for is what's called a convalidation, a convalidation. So the they'd meet with the priest and they would do kind of a, a, an abbreviated uh, marriage preparation process, mm-hmm. um, and then what they would do that would culminate in a formal uh, professing of the vows in front of the priest, mm-hmm. and so at that moment their natural union becomes a sacramental union. It becomes a means of evoking grace. Um, it also then, being that their, their, their relationship is kind of reconciled with the church, then they are free to come back to communion. Now mm-hmm. they're in full communion, so they can begin to, receiving, uh, begin to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion. Again, when they attend Mass. So it's, it's a very uh, beautiful process of, 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 of kind of reconciling this... this um, this incomplete union and making it a means of sanctifying grace. So the heart of what Lisa is inquiring about is the process of convalidation. And to do that, you simply contact your parish priest, just explain your situation and say that you'd like your your marriage, uh, your union made sacramental. Excellent. Well, thank you, Father. Thanks for that explanation. Yeah, that that is uh, it's something that's uh, quite common uh, yeah. these days, and and what a great explanation how we can bring these marriages, you know, to the church and make them sacramental. Um, just for our listeners, uh, call in 877-795-0122. Uh, Lisa just had a great question. Let's have more like that. Uh, Lisa submitted her question on Facebook. And so, very easy thing to do. Just go to our Facebook page and, and type in your question there. Yep, yep. So, Father, you've been in the vocations office now for, what, a year and a half or something like that? Exactly. Okay. So, what uh, in, in the time that you've been there, what have you seen have been some of the great draws and some of the great hurdles? for young men or women pursuing priesthood, religious life, um, you know, different vocations, specific vocations like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, one of the great draws, the great uh, joys of this ministry, a unique ministry as a priest, you know, you're not in, in regular parish life. One of the great draws is that working with young people, most people that I work with are between the ages of maybe 16 and 25. Mm. Um is they're really wrestling with making a very profound decision mm. in their life and um, uh, really turning their whole life uh, 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 over to the, to the Lord's providence uh, in, in a very profound way. And it's, it's a very privileged place to be the person who accompanies them mm, along sure. that decision, um, um, coming to me for questions, for insight, and ultimately for prayer to help them um, see uh, a to see in a deeper way the Lord's will. It's it's very beautiful. It's very humbling, mm-hmm. um, but a very compelling ministry in that way. So I would say it personally, that's the the one of the most edifying things of this ministry. 
One of the challenges um, is, of course, <laughs> the Lord's will is not always transparently apparent mm-hmm. to people, including to myself. You know, I don't have some you know hotline to the Lord's will, so I have I'm in my own struggle of discernment of of helping them, and and one of the things that I've noticed most prominently over these last couple of years in this ministry is the greatest challenge for young people is gaining the confidence to make a decision. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's unique to, you know, the priesthood or to the religious life. You also see it in in engagements, oh, sure. marriages, even simply dating, yeah. asking mm-hmm. somebody yeah. out. There's a lot of reluctance, there's a lot of hesitation, and there's a lot of like second guessing, third yes. guessing, fourth yes. guessing. And 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 this is um, it's plaguing even to very pious, very holy, very religious people, mm. sometimes even more so. Yeah. Because there's this deep yearning to serve the Lord well um, and to serve the Lord perfectly, but that perfection kind of gets corrupted into a, a form of scrupulosity. Mm-hmm. And so people, uh, young people, are worried about making a mistake. They don't want to, and they they don't want to. I, I suppose you might say disappoint the Lord. That's not a, a proper perspective, but that's kind of how it's interpreted. And so they're reluctant to pursue the religious life, or they're reluctant to apply to seminary. They're reluctant to ask somebody out on a date because they're not a hundred percent sure that this is what the Lord's will is. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Now um, they have a lot of options. I think young people have a lot more options and availability than generations past, and so they're more choices on the table and they're they're reluctant to make one of those choices unless it's like crystal clear and so kind of what i've found is uh with working with young people is less a focus on gaining more clarity and instead a focus on gaining more trust Mm. in the lord wow that that the lord will accompany you here down this down this path and even if it's you know quote unquote the wrong choice like do you trust that he'll get you to the right path Mm -hmm. but we can't stand still we got we we have to take a step and that step might be visiting a religious community or that step might be asking the girl out for coffee mm-hmm. <laughs> or that step might be calling up the vocation director but we have to take a, a step that's not to discount or diminish prayer in any way mm-hmm. but you pray and then you take a step right you pray and then you take a step but but peop, uh, young discerners are reluctant to take that step I think that's a fascinating insight I mean especially when right now on, on Valentine's Day we we're, it's a celebration of married love right um, and yet, I, I believe the stats I just saw from our tribunal office here in the last uh, month or so, he'd done um, a friend in the office had done a, a survey of an examination of what the marriage stats were for the last something like twelve years or something like that. And it is forty um, percent of the marriages of what we were, we were celebrating twelve years ago. Right, like there was in the diocese of Fargo it was five hundred and some marriages back then and now it's you know in the lower 200s mm-hmm. that we're celebrating and it, it's not because there are fewer people it's right. i mean it's that, that question of commitment i think which is as you say with this multitudinous you know uh, of options the right. multitude of options it's so hard i think for people to make that firm decision and to reject all other options uh these days right and i think that reduction in in uh in in sacramental marriages is is kind of multifaceted. One is just 
like people in general are not getting married. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, it's not a Catholic thing. It's just a, it's a, just a generational thing. Um, people are, are cohabitating, of course, with, yeah. with much, much greater frequency than in times past. But then even those that are getting married, few are getting married within the church, which mm-hmm. is very providential for Lisa's question about convalidation. They're getting married, but you know maybe Cabo sounds more alluring mm-hmm. than, than a beautiful Catholic sanctuary. And so there's, there's multiple things that uh, as, as pastors of souls that we wrestle with to bring people into a more perfect uh, relationship with the Lord and the church. And, but but uh, you're absolutely right that you know kind of this sacramental, um, statistics are 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 not always encouraging. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, hey, Father, we don't want to capitalize on all your time. We need to let the listeners in on this too. So, <laughs> so Call us up. It is eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. As you can see, uh, it, it's wonderful, engaging conversation with Father Metzger. So, call in with your question or comment eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two, or submit a question or comment on Facebook. Yeah, in fact, uh, with the whole seminary and education, too, you know, when you're saying just make that step and try, um, you know, we have had seminarians who have made that step and found and discerned out. And and we actually have one of our former seminarians, get, he's engaged now. Right. And so how beautiful is that, that, you know, that process, you know, that uh, he went through that process and was able to to better even discern marriage. And and you consider that a success story. Mm-hmm. Yes, right? absolutely. Like one, he had the courage to respond to the Lord's prompting in that way, and then very successfully discerned. Yeah. He discerned quite clearly that this is not what the Lord was asking of him. So with, with clarity then, he's able to kind of close that door and then move on to the vocation that the Lord has rightly called him to. Mm-hmm. But you would not have that clarity if you weren't able to in, uh, really authentically engage that question of the priesthood mm-hmm. um, and then to say, no, this isn't what the Lord is asking of me. So that's why, you know, um, uh, uh, those stories are very beautiful, very yes, successful stories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, uh, I think it's just so wonderful. Uh, the priesthood, um, the vocations that we have in the Fargo Diocese, but also the program that the Fargo Diocese has that can help men, you know, discern that properly. And that's why it's so important to, uh, with the God's Gift Appeal, that we're able to support this because it is expensive, like Father Kyle said. But how beautiful that this gentleman went through and discerned discerned out and now he's going to be just an amazing husband and dad you know yeah yeah that's you know the uh, (laughs) there's kind of a joke uh, among seminarians about you know discerning out and then quickly you know beginning dating Mm -hmm. but there's a truth to it about that what woman would not want a man who spent a year or more going to Mass every day, yeah. working with a spiritual director every few weeks, um, uh, 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 receiving the sacrament of, of confession regularly, of living with a a, a, a a house of men who are pursuing virtue. Sure. Like, who would not want somebody like that to be uh, their husband and the father of their children? Yeah. And so, like, the, it your time in seminary is never wasted. Right. Regardless of what the Lord is calling you to, you are going to be a better 
uh, servant of Jesus Christ uh, uh, because of that formation. And just the practice of taking a step, as you mentioned earlier, right. is something that I think is just a, a natural human virtue that lends to so many different aspects of of. That, well, I guess we could say succeeding in life of 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 responding well mm-hmm. to uh, you know what God is putting in front of us, right? Right. You know, uh, we're just going to throw that number out again: eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. Please call Father Kyle Metzger with your questions uh, or comments. Uh, anything that you would like to visit with him about? Um, he he's here and available, and and what a great opportunity. Um, there was something that I was kind of thinking along that lines too with the with vocations and and just you know even the vocation of marriage mm-hmm. you know how people um people are seeking perfection and i think so often when you're seeking perfection there's only one who's perfect mm-hmm. <laughs> well and 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 his mom mary <laughs> you know i mean it's like we tend to not live life because we if it's not perfect we don't go for it mm-hmm. so to speak and we have to understand that yeah. life isn't that way it was it wasn't even perfect for jesus look what humankind did to him yeah. you know and so can you talk to that yeah. about that perfection and how it can almost like paralyze us it, it really can you know we we say that we are practicing catholics don't we we're yeah. practicing we're working on it we are not perfect catholics um we are practicing because our our faith comes from the virtue of justice uh, of rendering back to God what is rightly due His, which is our attention, our devotion, our time. Um, but uh, religion is a virtue. It's something that you practice. So that's why we use that term. I'm a practicing Catholic. And so realizing that, yeah, you're not going to perfectly serve the Lord. You're not going to have a perfect intentions, perfect motivations, a, a, a perfect rosary, a perfect attention at Mass. But that um, that shouldn't be discouraging or that shouldn't be um, shackling to you. You just push through that and you keep going knowing that one day as a saint in heaven, then you will offer perfect worship and a, and a perfect um, motivation um, to the Lord. But but you're not going to. <laughs> that's, that's okay. Right. We're, we're all works in progress. I loved your comment earlier about uh, how it, it the focus needs to shift to some extent from discernment to trust. And, and I think that's really a key area in the Christian life as a whole is realizing that um, I can move forward boldly with what seems right to me and have the confidence that God is not so weak as to be unable, unable to to redirect me right. if I'm striving to be obedient. Yeah, I know. I think that's a great way to phrase it, Tim. God is God is not too weak that He can't uh, that He can't redirect me. Yeah, I'm moving from clarity to trust. I I, um, I think is an important kind of transition that will help people move forward mm-hmm. with their discernment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, trust. It's it's uh, the most incredible word. It, it it's almost like love and trust. Those two words uh, you could just delve into for hours and hours and hours. And you see, and yet, yeah, you see really how that that aspect of um, 
of trust is really what unlocks Jesus' ministry in many cases. <laughs> you know, it's easy. He asks, do you believe I can do this before so many healings? And when he goes home to, to his hometown in Nazareth, they say, you know, isn't this the carpenter's son? Don't we know him? And, and it says he was unable to work many miracles there because of their lack of trust. And that's exactly where I was going. It's yeah. like love and trust. We as human beings, we, we just over over define and overthink and so mm-hmm. forth and all it is is love and trust jesus yeah. it's as simple i mean yeah and I, and i would add to that looking over you know my years of life and there are there are a number of of moments where I was very vulnerable and I was, you know, you kind of felt like the bottom was falling out. Mm-hmm. You didn't know what the Lord was asking of you and how is this all going to work out? Uh, in, in, in reflection back on those moments where your trust is like all that you have, yeah. mm-hmm. um, those were the times I felt closest to the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, my prayer was just very vibrant. It was, it was a desperate prayer. Mm-hmm. I was more of a pleading, but, but my, 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 my dependence upon the Lord was was the strongest it's ever been, and, and those were the moments where you know I feel like I was nearest to the Lord, and it's because like finally like you're mm-hmm. trusting and you're like letting me lead your life right. because you don't you probably don't see another option. Yeah. So the 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 more that we kind of are able to surrender ourselves and say Jesus, I'm going to go down here and I'm I'm trusting that you are leading this. Mm-hmm. It's amazing that that's the moment that your faith really mm-hmm. does take hold. Yeah. Oh, well, that's beautiful, Father. Well, we only have a couple more minutes. Yeah. Uh, maybe time for one more caller. So, quick, get on that phone line, 877-795-0122. Yep. All right. So, we, we actually are coming toward the end here, Father. Do you have any final uh, comments for our listeners as we are coming to a close of the Straight Talk segment? I would say, um, you know, maybe like you said, taking up today's uh, St. Valentine's uh, uh, Memorial is um, pray for those young people who are discerning married life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that that it is difficult to navigate um, relationships. Uh, you know today, uh, there's kind of a, a number of vices and pitfalls um, that are present, and so pray that um, you know we 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 pray um, quite frequently for vocations to the priesthood and to the religious life, but uh, we never forget the vocation. Obviously, is always a marriage, the vocation that most people are called to. So pray for uh, very um, holy marriages, mm-hmm. holy dating relationships. Especially um, on this day that you know, it's oftentimes kind of you know you you have you know sugar and candy and flowers, mm-hmm. which is which is fine. But to pray that um, uh, um, dating relationships, the the man and the woman will will love each other in a very holy way uh, that is very pleasing, edifying, and sanctifying for their souls. I think that would be a very uh, pressing need and beautiful prayer to to awesome. offer today. Awesome. That's wonderful. Yeah, well, thank you so much for being with us, Father Metzger. It is just a treat to have you in. Wonderful uh, to be here. Thanks for having me. All right, well, coming up next, we are all broken and need healing. How can we open ourselves to receive this healing? Find out more on the other side of this break. We'll be right back. More Real Presence Live. Real Presence Live. 